Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, and welcome back. I am Christine. I am Regina. Do you guys know where we are? Because <laughs> you guys should. <laughs> Like we said, the theme of season two is to talk to people and friends who we deeply admire and deeply respect. And we know their story on one surface level, but we want to dive in deeper. And we are so thankful to have friends who are willing to be open and honest about their stories. So this week is one of my favorite people ever. And I have the privilege of calling her my friend, my love, and someone who I deeply, deeply admire and super inspirational. Yeah. It's Jen! Jen from head to toe. <laughs> I'm blushing over here. All the sweet things you guys are saying. Thank you so much. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so excited to do this and just be able to talk with you guys. And I'm really proud of you guys for doing this podcast. Your voices are so inspirational. And they just make me feel so encouraged that it's the right kind of thing I want to put into my brain. God, no, we're blushing. <laughs> Crying. I feel like Jen has really been a big part of my journey and personal development. And we've seen each other through the different points of when you <laughs> first moved out to LA from Kansas. It's very meaningful to be able to grow with friends this way. Yeah, know? and we're like the same age. We're so similar in so many ways. We're both also kind of similar in shape and size. <laughs> <laughs> we have shared clothes in the past. <laughs> So yeah, we wanted to jump into today's topic, which I think that Jen has always been really honest and open with her journey with me, and I really value her opinions. We wanted to get into the realities to pregnancy and motherhood, mm -hmm. because Jen, I guess, is yeah, a new mama, right? Mm -hmm. It's been a year. Yeah. My daughter, Aria, is 13 months old now. So yeah. just one month over a year. <laughs> so we were squealing over Aria downstairs. Oh my gosh. Just... That's probably what distracted us from even getting started in the first place. She <laughs> is so smart. Yeah. I, I can't even believe she's only a year. This is another inspiration to this topic. I am 33 and I don't know that much about pregnancy and motherhood. I only know it from, I think I have maybe two really close girlfriends who have kids. But even then, we don't really talk about all the ins and outs of things. That's exactly how I felt before I got pregnant, though. Really? Like, I went through several periods in my life where I was, um, yeah, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love kids, and I've always loved kids, and I've always wanted to be a mother. But there were so many times in my life where I was just... I knew that right now wasn't the right time. And so mm. I would feel very awkward around other people's kids because it's just that maternal instinct wasn't there and I wasn't ready. But it's very, very different when it's your own. Uh, mm. See, I hear that quite often yeah. where when it's your own is completely different. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the hurdle that I haven't come across yet. As a woman, I don't know too much about the process and it's never been appealing to me. But when I hear other people say that, oh, well, it's different when it's your own. I mean, that completely changes a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There are many little girls and women who grew up wanting to be mothers. And we only have the basic knowledge of what it is 
to be a mother. Yeah, what what that means. means. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one really ever talks about it. They talk about the great things. I think that's all true. There are really great things about being a mother. But there's also really difficult parts about it. And Mm -hmm. with the pregnancy. And then having the child giving birth. And then being a mother. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that we're interested in diving into more. Because I feel it would provide a lot of insight to hear from Jen as a mother who has gone through all these things. And what were the actual thoughts that you had? What are the surprises that you encountered? And some of the things that maybe you felt insecure about and all the lessons that you've learned along the way. Jumping right into it, did you guys always want to be mommies? I think growing up, I always, always wanted to be a mom. I adore kids. Even when I was a kid, I liked kids. (laughs) I just think that the innocence and the purity of how they think and process things and their emotions is such a beautiful thing. You know, maybe it's different admiring children in that way and actually taking the leap to be a mother yourself which is like oh not only can I just appreciate them I actually have to be responsible for them (laughs) bring them every step of the way and develop them into this person person in society and keeping them alive (laughs) yes feeding them clothing them earning enough to be able to sustain them Mm -hmm. right right, a lot of things you don't think about when you are the kid right it's so much more complicated as an adult Mm -hmm. where do you think that came from that you wanted to be a mom like was it watching other mothers were like watching tv or movies and kind of the fantasy of like did you have dolls growing up i think growing up i didn't really play much with barbies i always preferred the baby dolls i honestly think it was just natural Mm -hmm. i just always wanted to be a mom i was ready yeah (laughs) regina how about you did you always want to be a mom I did. I don't know if I ever played with dolls as a kid, but I think that I always, like, wanted to care for something. So, like, for me, I was an only child. I don't know if I wanted the idea of a sibling because I was like, oh, I like the attention. But then I also, like, wanted to care for something else. And so I, like, always sought after that. As I started getting older, I developed this relationship with my parents, like a really close relationship that now we're more friends than anything else. Mm -hmm. And now looking at it, I'm like, oh, I really want to have a kid and build that same relationship that I have with my parents. Yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely see that because you have a very special relationship with your parents. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the way that you and your mom communicate, I think it's (laughs) the funniest thing ever. Like they sass each other all the time. I I know. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like that relationship really further solidified the fact that like I really want to be a mom. Yeah. What about you, Christine? I don't know. I feel like you're the one who really opened my mind up because I feel like society is always like, oh, yeah, it's like the next logical step. Like, yeah. there's no question about it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, how did you feel about that? I grew up playing with Barbies and I also had a baby doll. I, I wasn't a good caretaker. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're like, like, I want the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it just got to a point where I just felt, I want to do me. And then they were just dolls, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think growing up, I had an idea of that's what you were supposed to do, right? You were mm-hmm. supposed to get married, you're supposed to have kids. And then as I got older, I realized that that's actually not what I had in mind for myself. And it's actually taken me a long time to accept that and not feel guilty about it. Mm. And I don't know if it's just me, but I do feel there is an expectation. There's almost like, a, oh, you don't want to be a mother? Now I'm 33 too. So the time's ticking, you know, <laughs> and people always remind you about your biological clock. Mm. I'm not married. It's one of those things that I realize what was expected of me or what people wanted for me was not necessarily what I wanted for myself I'm still figuring it out you know I'm not saying I never want to have a child to be honest 
I actually prefer adoption. Because really when it comes down to, for me, it's more of a psychological aspect where I grew up in a very tumultuous family. And I really felt, and now talking to my parents as adults, they weren't ready to be parents. They followed that timeline, get married, have kids. So I think seeing that they weren't ready to be parents and you could tell that in their parenting. Mm -hmm. They fought a lot, which I know a lot of parents do. I don't think they knew how to handle children and everything just came out in anger and that really impacted like my self-esteem the way that I saw myself and I just realized there's so much responsibility of bringing up a child like you really have to dedicate your entire being to a point where it's, yeah it'd be unselfish I think one of the hard things is that when you are a child if your parents are struggling through something or arguing about something the child always thinks it's their fault. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that is a huge fear in being a parent is like how can I raise my daughter or future children in a way where they won't be taking that guilt upon themselves and having it traumatize them. You know, mm-hmm. I want to raise them in a place where they feel safe that they can be confident and become who they ultimately will be without hindering that because I'm not perfect enough. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. yes. But it's like applying that to our parents. Obviously, they went through those struggles as well. But without the communication mm-hmm. and support that we actually do have now, you know, they didn't know about doing these kinds of routines or feeding these kinds of foods or what to do or not do. They just did what they felt was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in a way, it makes things way easier for me because I'm I'm obsessed with researching. I want to find the best way to get a good routine so that they're safe and happy and warm and, and all of that. <laughs> yeah. But then they've also said it's almost sometimes like you know too much because it gives I, you more mm, to worry about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that you can be scared about because of Dr. Internet. And everybody feels like they have a right to an opinion on how you parent. Mm. Do you feel like that's something that you struggled with when you became a mom and being a public figure and influencer? Was there criticism or do you feel like that's something that you don't want to show? So obviously, you know, as the internet goes, there's always people who feel like their opinion is the truth and it's what's right and wrong. And Mm. so they're just helping you by telling you what you're doing incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So that can be very, very, very difficult. But I think what's even harder is seeing other women who are either going through pregnancy as well or going through being a mom and having them only show the best aspects of their life because you're constantly comparing yourself to them. Even when you try not to and you tell yourself you're not going to, it's still hard because Instagram especially, it feels like it's being shoved in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I did a video with Chriselle. She's mm-hmm. also a mom, mm-hmm. but she's actually probably one of the people I struggled with the most because she was way past me in terms of my stage of going through pregnancy, having a baby. Obviously, if I have a four-month-old, it's a very different struggle yeah. than the mom of a two-year-old. In terms of their physical body and hormonal changes, 
they're pretty good their mind being back to what they were Mm -hmm. before having a baby Mm -hmm. when you're four months in your hormones are psycho your body (laughs) is psycho everything is psycho having a baby is psycho just getting right past the newborn stage it's a lot it's so hard well see that's exactly why we wanted to talk to you about (laughs) all this you know because you have so many questions (laughs) you've hit it exactly on the nail where i feel pregnancy and motherhood is such a glamorized version of it and it's it's, so weird yeah and it's it's, it's like taboo that for women to talk about the hardships of the process getting pregnant to being pregnant and then having the child. I feel like nobody talks about the recovery period, the hormones that you just mentioned. Yeah. That was the biggest shocker for me because I would say out of my group of friends, I'm probably one of the first to have a baby. So I didn't really have anybody else sit me down and really talk to me about the reality. For me, the reality was that the pregnancy, I would say, wasn't as bad as other people that I had heard. But it wasn't good. I was nauseous a lot. I was physically under a lot of distress because the baby was bigger compared to my body size. Just because I'm a very, very petite person. And then the thing that I feared the most, which was the actual labor, that actually went pretty smoothly. Oh, really? The delivery was fine. (laughs) You gave birth naturally? I gave birth vaginally. And going into it, I was like, oh my gosh, like my mom had two C-sections. And so she doesn't have any reference of what having a vaginal delivery is like. Yeah. I didn't really know. Wait, so with your petite frame and Aria being... Well, she stayed in your stomach a little bit longer than she should have, right? Yeah. Like you said, you evicted her. <laughs> like that didn't complicate labor? All of the ob guys were like, no, it's not wow. something you have to worry about. And so I just tried to not worry about it. And I was like, we'll just see. Because I'm going to try for a vaginal delivery. Mm-hmm. And then if there's some kind of complication, then I'll, I'm just going to accept that. Because for me, the highest priority was healthy baby. Yeah. yeah. I ended up getting induced. And what happens with that? So if the baby goes too far past 40 weeks, then the placenta, which is the organ that grows inside your uterus that sort of helps filter nutrients to your baby, yeah, it starts to kind of die because it's not meant to Last be that there oh. a super long time. Do they have to inject something in you to induce labor? Yeah. Like what happens? Yeah. So basically, they started me on a Pitocin drip. And what the Pitocin does, it makes your body think that you're going into labor. So you start to have more contractions. How bad are those contractions? <laughs> does it Quicker. feel like, you know, when you're on your period, like that Cramp. gnawing, cramping, like someone's twisting your gut feeling? I would say that the big beginning of labor contractions are like really bad period cramps mm-hmm. the beginning but they're they're also more concentrated so it's more of like a tightening squeezing uh, feeling than the dull feeling of having a period cramp mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like the muscles are kind of tight cramps with intention <laughs> yes <laughs> concentrated intentional cramps. concentrated intentional cramps <laughs> For me, it was very painful, like Mm. probably because my body wasn't ready to Mm. go into labor naturally. Mm. So like they're trying to get the cervix to be bigger and it was very sensitive and very uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah, it's very like, oh, your legs are just out there and they're just in there. (laughs) People are looking at it. No shame. Yeah, I, I also heard that you can't expect to poop 
when you're delivering. I didn't, I didn't. I was trying to find an elegant way of. I was like, no, hey, just say it. it. Why do we have to be elegant about? You're right. You're about right. It. Oh my god. You're if so it were right. a bunch of guys, they wouldn't be like, "What's a more elegant <laughs> way to, to say fart?" Say poop. Because <laughs> women aren't allowed to poop, right? <laughs> we don't poop. Yeah. So that's stupid. Yeah, everybody poops. <laughs> so that I heard that happens where because you're pushing and pushing. Like, In my experience, that is literally something I did not even think about i didn't care about why is that something that people have to be worried about it doesn't matter you're pushing for a life to come out of your body it's kind of a graphic thing like Mm -hmm. there is a lot of blood involved there's a lot of organs that come out here did you guys know that after you deliver a baby you also have to deliver the placenta Oh my gosh. And then the nurses and doctors will like be pushing on your stomach to try to like push they it. Push they, your stomach? Well, do they you physically push, push on oh the my. stomach and deliver this other organ? And mine was like, it was really big. Is it just like a sack? It's like a, a bloody really sack. giant water balloon. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> so it's a big sack. Okay, you're gesturing a really big <laughs> item right about <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I saw my sister give birth two months after myself, and hers was much smaller than mine. Oh. So it's not like they're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it so weird? Like, why is it that we didn't know this until now? Because we only know it from movies. Yeah. You see the screaming of the mother pushing, and she's, like, sweating and angry, and then it goes straight to carrying the babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did anything tear? I did have tearing, but the thing is, I was so scared of tearing before having the baby i think sometimes it's just something that happens Mm. you know my own personal experience was maybe a little bit more than most people i've talked to oh my baby was seven pounds nine ounces and you guys you have to understand before pregnancy i only weighed 80 pounds and it's not because i'm like not eating enough like i am a naturally very Mm -hmm. tiny person yes so having an almost eight pound baby on my frame, she's a big girl. Yeah, yeah. that's why I was yeah. like, there was no complications. Yeah, wow. yeah. So there was tearing, and then you had to get stitches. I did have okay. stitches, but I already had the epidural, so it's not like I felt any of that. Okay. But what about the recovery? Period yeah. Afterwards? So let's go into like post pregnancy <laughs> yeah. recovery. What did you feel before and after? Not only like hormone level, but the stress of having an actual the baby's here, mm-hmm. and then like also bonding with the baby yes. while you're dealing with all of this like recovery and and your relationship with Ben. We have so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> In terms of recovery, the problem is when you have a C-section, they're like, oh, we'll keep you a couple days. It's a major surgery. We have to take care of you. I really felt that when they kicked me out after 24 hours, I wasn't ready. I should have stayed at the hospital for longer. So when I left, I was unable to walk on my own. It was so painful and difficult for me to even sit. I had a lot to heal. Another thing the placenta does that I didn't know before is it makes a lot of hormones. So for these 10 months, you're getting all of these extra hormones and then all of a sudden it's ripped out of your body. So if you think about things in terms of depression, where Mm. a change in hormones can make you very depressed or very just out of whack, can you imagine an entire organ that's creating hormones in your body all this time consistently when that's completely gone all of a sudden, mm-hmm. understandably, your body is out of whack. Your hormones are out of whack. You're crying all the time. You're not getting enough sleep because the baby basically has to eat around the clock. Did you experience any postpartum depression? 
I think everybody goes through a period of baby blues, no matter what, just because of going through the whole physical, biological, hormonal shift. Yeah. I didn't have what I would consider to be PPD, Mm. any serious thoughts of like hurting the baby or hurting myself or anything like that. But I mean, you get kind of crazy at least the first month. I mean, I just want to emphasize how serious postpartum depression is because I didn't know at all. Mm. We all think like, you had a baby, you're Mm. glowing, everything's magical and beautiful, which on some part it is, right? But then postpartum depression, I had a college friend who, most amazing person, super sweet, and she killed herself like right after she had her baby because she felt that she wasn't good enough to be the mother. She felt that she was going to hurt her baby and she killed herself. So they said that she was suffering really, really badly from postpartum depression. Oh, yeah, wow. absolutely. So, and here's yeah. the thing is everybody is really pushed to a breaking point. Having a baby, it's going to test all of your limits. It's going to test your limits with sleep. It's going to test your limits with being incredibly unselfish in a way that you've never even thought of before. Mm-hmm. If you're married, it's going to push your relationship in a way of how supportive is your bond. I say I didn't go through PPD, but baby blues are very serious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I honestly think that Ben was traumatized from the experience because for new babies, they have you come in for a post-delivery checkup on the baby to see if they're, you know, if they lost too much weight, if they're eating okay. So I think that was two or three days after I gave birth and we went back to the hospital. And I told the pediatrician, I was like, I know we're here for my baby, but I'm in so much pain. Mm. I'm in so much pain pain Mm. and they're like well i mean like if you think it's a really big deal you could go to urgent care wow Wow. they said it like that well i decided to go to urgent care i went to the doctor there okay even the ob guy when she finally did come down she looked at me and she was like oh god and i was like thinking to myself that is not the first thing i want to hear from the ob guy after i just had a baby she was like well i think you might have an infection and if I hadn't gone in, I just think things could have been a lot worse because people die from infections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. After they have a baby, mm-hmm. it is a major serious surgery. And so for me, it was a difficult recovery. Can you walk us through what you felt? What did you tell yourself during that time when you were bedridden and couldn't get up? I always say that I never cried because Aria was too difficult. I cried because I was hurting physically, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's really hard to say because I don't want to scare people out of having a baby. Obviously, like I want to have more kids in the future and I wouldn't be at that point if I thought I hate I hate the term where people are like, but it's worth it because it's like (laughs) I don't mean it in that way in that. Oh, all the great parts of Aria means that I could go through this pain again. I don't ever want to go through that pain again. 
I just really want another child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's they're totally separate things in my mind of like having a child and the experience you have to go through. And I don't think that's everybody's experience. In fact, I, you know, as I said, I think other people have even had more traumatizing experiences. Mm-hmm. After you had Aria and then now you and Ben are trying to raise this newborn being, did you feel there's some shortcomings or did you feel what were some of the surprises along the way? You're constantly thinking, especially when you first take the baby home, you're like, so who okayed this? Because (laughs) nobody told me anything. And now I have this human being and you're just making me responsible for it now. (laughs) Who signed off on this? Like, is this is really how it works? Like, I have to take care of this thing completely all the time. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I mean, we take parenting classes, but I don't think anything really, really prepares you. During the newborn stage, which is like the first three months of its life, they might as well just still be in the womb. Mm. They're not their own person. They don't have their own personality yet. They're not smiling. They're not laughing. They're not showing anything that says the character of the baby. And within that period of time are some of the most difficult weeks. Their tummies are painful and gassy because they don't have all of the bacteria set up in there to be able to process the breast milk. It hurts them, and so they just they'll cry from pain. And that is the most difficult thing to go through as a parent, having a crying newborn, which their cries just pierce you. Mm. But there's nothing you can do. Mm. There's nothing you can give them. You don't give them medicine. You can't help. But it's one of those things where you hear about people who shake their babies and beforehand you hear that and it's so traumatizing. You're like, I don't even understand how somebody could be capable of shaking a baby. But when you're in that situation and when it's that hard and the baby has been crying for hours and you've had no sleep and you're stumbling across yourself because you're so delirious and you're so heartbroken and you're so emotionally unstable... There's a thought that goes through your mind where I would never do this, but I understand Mm. how somebody could get to that point. And that's a really hard, scary thing for anybody to admit. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for saying that out loud, honestly, because I know what people think about that. Oh, yeah. And and it's like for you to have to say that out loud that you've had similar thoughts but not in the like you would act upon it but you empathize even that some people are just like oh my god no, how could know. you you know and it, it makes you sound like a monster it. yeah people exactly don't say it but, but that's the truth it's way mm-hmm. more com- when i was researching about this topic almost every single article i clicked on said that yeah every mm-hmm. mother said that where you, they're just like get to that yeah. point mm-hmm. it's like that rock bottom point where even after you think i literally am a monster i'm the worst person in the world and that's where you get the loads and loads of what people call mommy guilt you know you feel like i am not built for this i'm not prepared for this Mm -hmm. i am not good enough for this how can i as a flawed person who can not always take care of myself how can i be expected to raise a human to not be worse than me (laughs) it just seems impossible Because everybody can see their own flaws. Everybody can see the ways where you're not adulting enough. But a lot of that, we are all flawed and we've all made babies for thousands of years. 
Yeah. And that's how it is. Nobody's perfect. Nobody mm-hmm. makes perfect children. Nobody's a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. Nothing in life that's worth it is easy mm-hmm. because things that you fight harder for become worth it. Right. And what are you going to fight more for other than your children? Something that you literally grew and created from your own body. Literally to this day, I look at Aria all the time. At least once a week, I say to Ben, like, how did I make that? Oh how? The woman, how did I make The that? female body is incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And more than the physical, obviously, is a huge portion of it, but it's mentally. Mm-hmm. The mental part that I think doesn't get discussed as much. And even surviving that, which I would say it is surviving that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then coming out of it, Learning about yourself as a woman and how you've developed, because obviously you're not the same gen that you were before you're pregnant, mm-hmm. even when you gave birth to who you are now. And all of that came from everything that you just said right now. And being able to admit that out loud is part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think of it like if you were to take an accelerated course in college, you get shoved a lot of really important information in a very short period of time. Yeah. I think pregnancy in the first year of having a baby, it's kind of like that where everything changes so quickly. I mean, how they act at four weeks is drastically different than how they act at eight weeks. No, I feel like every time I watch your or Ben's Insta story, I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's talking, she's walking yeah. now, she's she has I accessories, know. she's wearing bracelets, she's coordinating outfits. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like that on a daily basis. Like, okay, I think I've talked enough about the hardships of it. Yeah, I just so, I yeah, feel yeah. like I really have to give credit. To just how gratifying being a parent is. I think it's just like the most amazing thing I've ever gone through. I feel so empowered by it. If I can do this, I can do freaking anything. Yeah, I can girl, do yes. anything. I feel, I feel like what you said. I feel like a survivor and feeling like, oh man, that was brave. And I had to be really strong and I had to go through so many mental hurdles. Yeah. I had to go through so many stages of accepting my body in very crazy crazy situations my stomach after I had the baby oh my gosh it was hanging down cottage cheese textured on the skin and like I felt like my guts were going to spill out because there was nothing holding them in because my abs were completely stretched out from the pregnancy and all of a sudden the baby's gone and there's this strange kind of emptiness Uh. And so I would just wear these compression leggings to hold everything in. And it felt good to have something physically holding everything in because you're just so fleshy. It's like so... <laughs> I was not expecting you to say Banded and hanging and... Oh, man. And is I, it, I like, it... look very much like I did before. You did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it back to yeah. pretty much normal? When my abs started coming back, I was like... How? How? Where were they? I didn't even know. Like, I just, I felt like they were gone forever. There's so many periods. Because this is my first baby, because I've never seen the light at the end of the tunnel, Mm. there were so many periods where I would be like, this is going to be me for the rest of my life. Man, (laughs) bodies are amazing. Moms are amazing. I was so afraid of getting stretch marks, which again, thinking back, it's like, oh, you ignorant self. (laughs) Why were you even concerned about 
lines on your stomach, Mm -hmm. which can just be covered up with clothing. Like, it's just not a big deal in comparison to having grown a life. Mm. In hindsight, (laughs) right? In hindsight. hindsight, But at the time, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a whale and I'm so huge and I'm getting stretch marks and it's just going to be how I am forever. When you have the baby, everything is like ripply. Yeah, you you just gestured that. It was like a ripply (laughs) thing with your hand that you just did. (laughs) Somehow, the elasticity came back. Even the stretch marks that I had, they kind of went away. Like, if you look at my stomach now, you wouldn't be like, oh, you have lots of stretch marks. Mm. But I I swear, I did have stretch marks at the end of my pregnancy and right after I had the baby. I totally believe it. They were there. Your stomach was huge. (laughs) I mean, you gave birth to a seven-pound baby. Like, (laughs) yeah, that makes sense that your stomach expanded and then it's... Yeah, yeah. After you give birth, you still look seven months pregnant. Oh. Because your uterus is still the same big size. It has to go down over time, several weeks and months before it's back down to the size that it started off as. But then all of your organs were like moved around and stuff. It's... Wow. It's such yeah. a process. Yeah. yeah. Everything you just said right now where after you give birth, you feel so not yourself because of the hormones, because of the body changes, because you have suddenly a new being in your life and your whole routine, your whole life is different, is changed. Was that really scary for you? My question is, looking back now in hindsight, now that you've had Aria for 13 months and she's a healthy, beautiful, super sweet, super smart girl, what is your greatest takeaway from all of this? My biggest takeaway, to say it easily, is just the amount of joy day to day. I didn't even think this was possible. I thought I was like a pretty okay, normal, happy person before, but literally my day to day, I have so many more wrinkles on my face because I can't stop smiling at my daughter, (laughs) you know? Like it's just the best thing. Like I've never been more joyful on a daily basis like I am now. Are you closer with Ben now or you guys have a different Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I almost hate to say that because I know it puts a strain on so many relationships. So many people get divorces right after you have a new baby, even during pregnancy. It's very, very difficult. But for me, I found that because it really tested the limits of what we could handle and it really also brought out a lot of the grace we had for each other and a lot of the care and support we had for each other in such an intense and almost kind of beautiful way, I saw my husband in a way that I had never seen him before. Like, if you think that the person you married is, like, the most incredible person in the world, if you see them taking care of this child that you've grown in your body for a year, I mean, I'm getting choked up right now. Like, I've never been more in love with Ben. And I'm the type of person where I feel like I've always been in love with him. You know, I'm very in love with him and affectionate with him. And I just, I see him in a completely new light. Wow. And I feel like we actually are better about expressing to each other how much we love each other now. Like Mm. we say how much we appreciate each other daily Mm. because you see it. You see how much effort it takes to prepare a meal or this morning he was like I'm gonna let you sleep in because yesterday you did so much work when I see him I already know and understand intimately the extra effort that he put in so that I could sleep a little bit more Mm, because it's not just him waking up early it's him taking my daughter out of the crib and like cooking her breakfast and getting her dressed and 
making yeah. her smile yeah. and yeah. putting on her little like bib thing that looks like a dress <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Oh, just like pearls yeah. around the collar. Yeah. Oh my gosh, baby stuff is so fun. So <laughs> my big bit of advice is as a mother, you have to constantly give yourself grace and mm. say, I forgive you because you're trying your best. Mm. And we don't do that enough. We don't do that enough as moms. We don't do that enough as women because yeah. we're always trying to take care of everyone else. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we never stop and say, you know what? You're doing a dang good job because you're trying your best. And you're doing an amazing job. Yeah. You're doing an amazing <laughs> job. Because we were talking about this earlier. And then you know, you're saying that it's easy during this process to lose yourself as a person. Because mm -hmm. you're so wrapped up in being a mommy and being so many things to so many people. Mm -hmm. I think just hearing everything that you just said right now, it's like all of the struggles and hardships of this process before you're getting pregnant, post and everything, those I feel empty up so the depth of love that you will have for this baby, your husband, you, that's where you grow as a woman. Mm -hmm. The goal is to come out with a greater capacity to love yourself. It really changes your perspective on so many things in life that it's almost like I wish for people to experience this because it's like if your world was a box it's your first time in a helicopter being above that and seeing that the world is much bigger mm -hmm. and experiencing so much more and having so much more depth in life and so much more joy to have and so much more pain to have. Mm. It's just such a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's also the first time where it's not just about you. You're trying to raise this other kid and you want to give it everything, but you also are trying to find that balance of what do I do to take care of myself while also taking care of this baby, while also maintaining this relationship with my significant other and raising this kid together. Yeah, just the level of not being selfish. It makes you not just a more compassionate person to other parents, but to your friends, to your family, to your own parents. Your capacity to love doesn't just grow for your own child. It grows for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And that's something I didn't know until I went through it, you know? Yeah, your yeah. heart really does grow bigger in every direction. Oh, my God. <laughs> babies right now. I know. I'm like, I want five of them now. <laughs> yeah, I propositioned Ben and Jen to have a baby. I, I know. take their baby. <laughs> oh, man. It was hard enough to have, have for myself. I can't even. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I mean, thank you so much for sharing such, such honest and intimate details of this entire beautiful and difficult process mm -hmm. I mean you've changed my perspective on so many things because there's a lot of things I just didn't know mm -hmm. and never really having someone to talk to about this because you know when you talk to your moms you're always like ah it's not that big of a deal <laughs> yeah. like you know not growing up with an older sister or wanting to have an open conversation about it like tell me really mm -hmm. and then I can make my own decision from it mm -hmm. because if we try to withhold information and not try to scare other people mm -hmm. and they find out for themselves I think find a better way for you and have a heads up then let's do that yeah, yeah I would rather know more I would rather know everything and make a decision for myself mm -hmm. yeah. versus just go into something blindly because other people are afraid to tell me the truth yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. sometimes I kind of go back and forth and I really want to be a mother but it also sounds absolutely terrifying <laughs> but yeah. you know it sounds really reward I don't know it's just it's 
so weird being at the age where you're like, I know that I'm supposed to have kids and like everybody else tells me I'm supposed to have kids and I do want kids, but I don't know if I'm ready for kids right now. There's so much to this topic, which leading up to it as women, where we get to a certain age, we think that we should be ready by this point. You know, you should be ready to get married. You should be ready. Where's your significant other? Then Mm -hmm. you should be ready to have children because for health reasons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then for me personally, I'm like, I haven't reached any of those epiphanies I guess you know Mm -hmm. but I still feel the pressure and I get Mm -hmm. it so of course there's other ways and mechanisms for women who are older to have children and all of that and so I do feel like there's almost this unfairness of having that pressure as girls and women to Mm -hmm. kind of be ready when you're not you're gonna have kids well this person you may not know is the one well get married to them anyways because you don't have time you know yeah what I would say is that don't if you're not ready because Mm -hmm. By the time the baby's there, you're not going to be ready. Yeah. Like you have to be okay with it in your mind before you go into it for it to be a joyful process. Mm. Right. Because there is so much sacrifice that if you don't understand who you are and what you want beforehand, it makes it so much more difficult. That's the thing where until I can be unselfish and put this baby. I feel like you shouldn't even say that it's like a selfish thing, though. No, no, no. Meaning like as in I I say that as in I'm not ready to put my careers and my dreams on hold or pause for a baby. And that's what I feel my parents weren't ready to do. And Mm -hmm. I realized that they as they parented, the resentment came out. Mm-hmm. they thought that they could just go back into work. My mom thought she could just go, but then mm-hmm. it didn't work out that way because of health and all the things that came with the pregnancy. I think for a while she felt resentful and she felt guilty about that resentment. Mm-hmm. So to me, the responsibility, I honor that so much, same as marriage, mm-hmm. that I am not ready to be unselfish in that sense, mm-hmm. to put this baby and a husband before my own dreams just because you aren't ready doesn't mean that you never will feel that way don't concern yourself too much about the fear side of it that's why the best way that I've embraced this is that I've kept it open so Mm -hmm. if I decide one day I need to marry Jack we got there but I'm 50 I'm totally open like basically I don't want to live my life pressured on somebody else's timeline and that's why I'm open to adoption in the future and that's totally okay if you don't ever want to get married and if you don't ever want to have your own children that's okay and I don't think that you should ever do something just because you're pressured exactly you Mm -hmm. need to know what's right for you and ultimately in every woman every body every situation when it comes to any child you ultimately just need to really advocate for what's right for you yes yes Mm -hmm. absolutely you know what I feel like that's the perfect way to end this episode I feel so empowered by what you just (laughs) said because it is all about choices it is all about getting to know yourself better Mm -hmm. allowing yourself the room and space to grow and not being so hard on yourself this is all a learning experience for everyone and if someone like Jen has the same struggles (laughs) and difficulties through this then it's not just you so don't ever feel like you are doing something wrong and if you feel you need help definitely reach out and find ways to get help so thank you so much Jen I would give you a big hug but there's so much <laughs> <laughs> yay, we'll yay, do finger hugs, we'll do finger hugs. <laughs>
know. I know. I feel like I've learned so much about motherhood. It's opened my eyes to this. Everybody has their own time. Everybody will come to it in their own way. And you don't need to compare yourself mm-hmm. to others. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would say I love talking about it because I feel like these are really important things to be said that isn't really out there enough. Mm-hmm. Both the joys and the struggles. All of those things are true. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's not a pretty thing and that's okay. It is a very beautiful thing and it's okay. It's scary and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And we don't always know how things will end up until you're there and that's totally okay. You know what? We really are enough. Yes. You have it in you. So why would you let fear of somebody else's conception keep you away from just doing you? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> oh, so the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> this is exactly why we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. This is exactly why. Yeah. I feel very, very honored that you guys oh. asked me to be a part of it. I had such a good time. Thank you. <laughs> you Thank know, you. When we talk about female empowerment, I feel like this is what it means. When mm-hmm. I don't know, there's this we're bred to view other women as competition, mm-hmm. but really when you understand and feel female empowerment is when you can look at your sister your friend and want the best for them honestly you know that we need that we need that kind of support from other women because there really are truly so many things in life that only other women will understand yes Mm -hmm. yes and that's the thing we want you to win i want you to win and everyone's (laughs) listening i want you to win you know so how do we help each other get there and let's do these conversations so thank you all for joining us for another episode of perfectly imperfect if you guys could subscribe and leave us a review that would also be super helpful if you guys have enjoyed this episode or want to pass it along to a friend who's about to become a mother someone who's thinking about motherhood someone who doesn't want to be a mother pass along the message to a friend and we will link all of jen's social channels in the description box below is there anything that you want to say that you're working on now or anything Mm -hmm. that want to mention well, I'm actually going to be doing for the month of September, I'm going to be doing a mom timber. So every single Wednesday in September will be a mom related video. So I'm actually oh. going to talk about my recovery, things like what's in my diaper bag or just my experience with breastfeeding. So many things I've been wanting to talk about, but I wasn't necessarily ready to. I think mm-hmm. now's the time. So feel free to come over to my channel on YouTube from head to toe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll link everything and be sure to check that out because I'm sure that even if you're not looking to be a mother or anything, it's helpful knowledge to have. Yeah, I'm so yeah, glad that you're putting content like that. Yeah. Yeah. That about does it for us here at Perfectly Imperfect. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.